0: Thank you so much, Chad. Well, this morning we are going to continue in our study of the Gospel of John. If you're visiting with us, we're working section by section through the Gospel of John. And we come this morning to John chapter 8 and verses 31 through 38. John chapter 8 and verses 31 through 38. Last week in the section that we looked at, we looked at the relentless, unending, Rejection of Jesus by the Jewish religious leaders. And Jesus says to them, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Unless you, I, unless you believe I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. But we also saw last week, verse 30 of chapter 8, which says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him so while this ongoing rejection continued rejection by the jewish religious leaders was taking place people were coming to jesus they were knowing him as savior they were embracing him as messiah and as we come to verses 31 through 38 let me give you just a little um, background here that i think will help you as we work through this in verses 31 through 38, Jesus is simultaneously talking to two groups of people. He is speaking to those who have believed, those in verse 30. But at the very same time, he is talking, continuing to engage the unbelieving Jewish religious leaders. So he is speaking to those who have believed, but they are there. This, the, the context, the crowd context is the same as it was last week. So he is speaking to both groups at the same time. So we read in verses 31 through 38, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me, because my words find no place in you. I speak of that. Or I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. Now, this section of Scripture contains one of the most familiar sayings in all of the Bible, especially for people who are not believers, people who are unchurched, people who know absolutely nothing about the Bible are familiar with what Jesus says in this passage. For those people, it is probably even more familiar than John 3:16. Jesus says, "You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Now, that little saying has been used by all kinds of people for all kinds of purposes. Someone may find out something about their family background, and they say, "You know when I found that out, It was like the truth had set me free. Over the years, people have used that for all kinds of politics. If you just see my political viewpoint, if you are just with me, you will know the truth and the truth will set me free. It's used by liberals and conservatives, by socialists and capitalists. It's used by communists. It's used by libertarians. And it has been used for hundreds of years by false teachers. Hare Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith. They all want you to think that if you come to their version of the truth, the truth will set you free. But what does Jesus really mean when he says that? That's what we're going to look at this morning. Actually, this whole message this morning centers on two verses, verses 31 and 32. Point one will be verse 31, point two will be verse 32, and all the other verses fit into those two verses. So our first point this morning is true disciples, true disciples. In verse 31, we have a biblically succinct and accurate definition of a true disciple. And whenever you see the definition of a true disciple, it is something we should pay attention to. In verse 31, we read, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So what does it mean to abide in his word? When you love the word of God, and desire to obey it with all of your heart, it is the evidence that you possess genuine salvation. Let me say that again. When you love the word of God and desire to obey it with all of your heart, it is the evidence that you possess genuine salvation. When you obey the Bible out of a deep love for your Savior, you are giving the evidence of the product of genuine salvation you see love first of all shows itself in eager willing joyful obedience to Jesus an obedience that perseveres through all circumstances under stress persecution suffering and even when facing death and as we have seen in the context of the gospel of John As the Son displays loving obedience to the Father, so we display loving obedience to the Son. The pattern is important. As the Son displays loving obedience to the Father, so we display loving obedience to the Son. In John chapter 15 in verses 9 and 10, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. There's that word again. Abide in my love. If if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. To abide in Christ at its core means to be in a saving union with Christ. And that union is your greatest joy and pleasure on this earth. To abide in Christ means to be in a saving union with Christ, and that saving union is the source of your greatest joy and pleasure on this earth. How do you know? How do you know that you are in a true saving union with Christ? Because you love the word of God and you are eager to obey it. This is a familiar scene, excuse me, theme with the Apostle John. He not only wrote the Gospel of John, but he wrote three epistles in the New Testament, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And it says in 1st John chapter 2 and verses 4 through 6, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him... ...ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's it. I want you to notice that. By this, by this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Let me ask all of us a question this morning. Do you have a deep love for Scripture and a deep desire to love and obey Jesus? Right now, as you sit here this morning, as you think of your own life, as you're watching by live stream this morning, do you, would you characterize your life as having a deep love for Scripture and a deep desire to love and obey Jesus? If someone were to walk up to you and say, how do you know for sure you're a Christian? Are you relying on a past event or on a current condition? If someone were to ask you, how do you know for sure that you are a Christian, are you relying on a past event or on a current condition? Would you say to that person, well, back in such and such a day, I prayed the sinner's prayer. I asked Jesus to come into my life. I raised my hand and asked Jesus to save me. Nothing wrong with that. That's important. But what about right now? What about right now The evidence of your salvation, if you are truly regenerate, truly born again, is that you have a deep love for Scripture and a deep desire to love and obey Jesus. So if someone asks you, how do you know for sure that you're a Christian? It is both things. When you have a time when you trusted Christ as Savior, but it has given evidence of being genuine, by the way you are living your life right now I'll say I get concerned with people no matter what their age when they just seem bored with the bible and unconcerned about their spiritual life I don't care what age they are they could be 16 it could be 36 56 86 oh they can tell you when they prayed the prayer Oh, they can tell you the day that they bowed their head and and said those words. But there's nothing. There's no desire to live for Christ. There's no hunger for the word of God. They're just going through the motions. Verse 31 is an especially important verse for those people. Jesus says, if... If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Well, that brings us to the famous saying that I mentioned as we began. Our second point this morning is true disciples and true freedom. If you are truly a disciple of Jesus, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look at verses 31 and 32 together. Because they go hand in hand. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, "If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and and you, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." What is the truth? It is clearly the word of God. It is the Bible. In John 17:17, 17, 17, it says, "Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth." But very specifically here, when Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he's talking about spiritual truth, eternal truth, salvation truth. He's talking about truth that is truth about Jesus. So, in the context here, It is the truth of Scripture, but it is most specifically the truth in Scripture about Jesus. We say in theology, and you've heard me say this before, that the Word of God has two aspects to it. We have the written Word of God, which is the Bible, and we have the living Word of God, who is Jesus. So we have the written Word, And we have the Living Word. And everything we know about the Living Word, we know from the Written Word. But Jesus is the Living Word. We saw this right at the very beginning of this study in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, if you don't look to Jesus... For the truth, you will never find the truth that will set you free. You can use that phrase all you want. But if you don't look to Jesus for the truth, you will never find the truth that will set you free. We love to quote John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Don't ever miss that middle descriptor. I am the way and the truth and the truth and the life you see the truth is truth about Jesus salvation truth kingdom truth eternal truth this this is the truth that will set you free now as i mentioned he is not only speaking to those who believed in him he's continuing to speak to the jewish religious leaders and we see that in verse 33 They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? They say, we are the natural descendants of Abraham. We are the physical descendants of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Well, that is not true. The Jewish people had actually been enslaved numerous times in their history. They were enslaved in Egypt. They were enslaved in Babylon. They were ens- enslaved by the Medo-Persian Empire. They were partially enslaved by the Greek Empire. And even right now, they are in a type of slavery slavery and bondage to the Roman Empire. I'm saying, we're, we're physical descendants of Abraham. We've never been the slaves of anyone. And then Jesus comes to a very, very important statement in verse 35. Excuse me, verse 34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. I have not come to free you from Egypt. I have not come to free you from the Romans. I have come to free you from yourself. I have come to free you from your bondage to your own sin. Now this got Jesus in all kinds of trouble. In his claim to be the Messiah. Because so many of the Jewish people at this time thought Messiah was going to free them from the bondage of Rome. And he says, I have not come to free you from the bondage of Rome. I have come to free you from your own bondage. From your own slavery to your own sin. And the Jews were in horrendous bondage to sin. Just like we were before we came to Christ. They were slaves to their passions and desires, to their addictions and their habits. They were slaves to legalism, slaves to their false religious system, but they refused to see it. They're saying we are spiritually free because we are Abraham's children. We are the actual physical descendants of Abraham. Remember what I shared with you last week. The Jewish religious leaders are so blinded, so immersed in their own religious system, they don't think they're lost. They don't think they need a savior. In their own minds, as I shared with you last week, they were self-righteous. They believed with all their hearts that through their man-made traditions and their interpretation of the law, they could save themselves. They see themselves as free but they're not. So what kind of freedom is Jesus offering them? Again, this is so important in this context. Jesus has come to set them free, but he has come to set them free from their own slavery to sin. They were slaves. They were slaves to their own sin, slaves of their own religious pride, their own arrogance, and their own self-righteousness. So Jesus says something in verse 35 that we have to have a little background to understand. In verse 35 he says, The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. In a first century Middle Eastern household, there were slaves and there were family members, there were sons and daughters. The sons and daughters had all the rights and privileges of the family. They were, would be heirs of the family inheritance one day, But the slaves had no rights and privileges. They had no inheritance. Now, a slave could potentially become a family member if they were adopted into the family. But in the illustration that Jesus uses, he is talking about the slaves and the sons and daughters. And these Jewish religious leaders were thinking, we're the sons of Abraham. We're the people of Abraham's seed. We are the elect covenant people. We have the law. We have the prophets. And we have the covenants. We belong to God because we belong to Abraham. And once again, they're so immersed in their religious system that they have become blind to the truth. Jesus is indicting them. As being sinners, but not only sinners, not just sinners, but slaves, slaves to sin. And then he takes it that step further and says something that would have been shocking to them. They wouldn't have needed any background. They knew exactly what he was talking about. He says, you're not, excuse me, you are slaves. You're not sons. He says, you are slaves. You are not sons. You are a slave and not a true heir. The slave doesn't stay in the house forever. Only the son does. And you are not sons, but you are slaves. And this is what he was saying to them. To these Jewish religious leaders, you are going to be completely left out of God's inheritance. You must be sons of Abraham by faith in Messiah, by faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to be a true son or a true daughter of Abraham, then you must come to faith in Jesus Christ. You must know him as Savior and Lord. If you want some interesting reading, go home and read Galatians chapter 3, where Paul gives the contrast between the law and the promise. You're either trusting in the law and your good works or you're trusting in the promised one, in the promised Messiah. You are one or you are the other. Think with me. It's not going to be on the screen, but think with me back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verses 12 and 13, where it says, Yet to all who received him, talking about Jesus, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood not of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God unless you are born of God unless you are born again regenerated by the Holy Spirit you are not a son of Abraham you are not a daughter of Abraham because the true sons and daughters of Abraham become so by faith in Jesus. And then Jesus proclaims this amazing truth in verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What an eternal, amazing statement the sun sets you free you will be free indeed i want us to just think a moment about our freedom in jesus freedom comes through salvation in christ and if you come to know christ as savior you receive spiritual freedom Freedom from slavery to sin. Freedom from sin's power. Freedom from sin's domination and control in your life. Freedom from spiritual blindness. Freedom from spiritual oppression. Freedom from satanic dominion. Freedom. Oh yes, freedom from the fear of death. Freedom from the fear of judgment. Freedom from the prospect of eternal damnation. It is freedom in its purest and truest sense. Reminds us of Galatians 5.1, a good verse for you to memorize. Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For freedom Christ has set us free. In verse 37, Jesus says, I know. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. And here's why. Because my word finds no place in you. He said in verse 31, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. My word has no place in you. You are not my disciples. That's why you seek to kill me. And then in verse 38, he says, I speak of what I have seen from my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. I speak what I have seen from my Father. He said this all along, especially chapters 5 through 8. I speak what I have seen, what I have heard from my Father. I come to do the will of my Father. I come to bring glory to the Father, but you don't. You don't. You do not you do what you have heard from your father, in the next section, Jesus is going to say to these Jewish religious leaders, these Jewish religious leaders, your father is the devil. Now, I want you to hold on to that. Next week, we begin our month-long missions conference. Then when we come to the first Sunday in April, It's Easter Sunday, so we'll focus on the resurrection. So we're not going to come back to the Gospel of John until the second Sunday in April. But when we do, we're going to ask the question, why does Jesus say that their father, these Jewish religious leaders, that their father is the devil? But as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper this morning, I just want you to think again. True freedom is freedom from sin. True freedom is freedom from sin's deception, from sin's power, from sin's punishment, and ultimately freedom from sin's presence. Forever. The true disciple, the real disciple, loves the Word of God. The true disciple has a deep love for Scripture and a deep desire to love and to obey Jesus. You see, the true disciple has genuinely received Jesus as Lord and Savior, and Jesus has set him free. I think of Romans chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2. It's not going to be on the screen, but just listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Jesus said you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. At this time, we're going to share communion together. And I know that Each time we do this, it's possible we have visitors among us. So let me explain what we are doing during this COVID time. One deacon will pray for both the bread and the cup. The deacons will come to you. They will hand out the bread and cup together. If you're not comfortable yet taking communion, that's okay. And then when everyone has been served, I will read a passage of scripture and we will eat and drink together. If you're watching by live stream this morning, while the deacons are serving communion, we will encourage you simply to use this as a time of meditation and reflection.